G'day, and welcome to the Whiskey Roundtable podcast. During their 2020 lockdown, four whiskey friends based out of Sydney, Australia, started a weekly live show to help keep themselves sane and entertained. Bringing on special friends, guests, and experts from all over the world, in 2021, we're expanding that weekly live show into a podcast. G'day guys, I'm Alexandra Dallenberg or Whiskey Culture. Uh, I'm the New South Wales Operations Manager for the Speakeasy Group and also Viking Queen of Mjolnir in Sydney. Hey guys, I'm Andrew Milne, originally from the UK, but now living in Australia with the rest of this gang. I run the marketing here for International Whiskies and Agave for South Trade International. Hi, I'm Matt Bailey, the National Ambassador for the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. And I'm Scott Fitzsimons. Whiskey and Spirits Educator at the Oak Barrel in Sydney, Australia, Editor of WhiskeyArden.com.au and Founder of WhiskeyMerch.com.au. These podcasts are edited from the weekly live show, which you can watch back at Facebook.com slash WhiskeyRoundtable. Things can get a little bit loose and a little bit rowdy sometimes, so I do apologise if the audio trips over itself sometimes. It works. Not a complete disaster this time. How good is that? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Whiskey Round Table, a weekly chat with uh, four idiots in Sydney and some special guests from around the world, poking fun at whiskey, poking fun at ourselves, but most importantly, poking fun at Matt Bailey. Uh, we are live on the Oak Barrel Facebook page, on Society Facebook page, and, of course, the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society page. We're also live on the Oak Barrel YouTube, but um, that's a weird place, so we probably won't look too hard into the comments section there. Before we kick off uh, things tonight, while we like to have quite a lot of fun uh, with this thing we call whiskey, it's not always fun sometimes, and obviously a uh, bit of a, a disaster happening down at the Adams Distillery this week with a, a fire, uh, and unfortunately and most importantly, uh, a, a young bright distiller who's uh, now currently still in hospital in, in Hobart's burn unit. So uh, we, we do send all our thoughts and, and prayers to, to the whole Adams family, the whole Tasmanian um, whiskey community down there, and particularly to, to Greg Longmore and, and his family. And I will post in the in the comments the link to the GoFundMe, which in uh, started this morning is up to twenty five thousand uh, bucks. So people are, yes. are getting grounded. So um, great, great, great to see. Not not explosions, but great to see the uh, the community. We're going to approach tonight uh, a little bit differently because we've got a very, very special guest and we've got people from all over the world tuning in. We've got farms in, in Victoria at about 400 degrees Celsius. Uh, we've got snow-covered uh, houses in Glasgow at about minus 4,000 degrees Celsius. So we're, 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 we're braving the, the conditions, the weather, um, and a day where internet just does not want to work. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the roundtable. Julie Hamilton in particular... What I would like to do is read out your email signature because I think that's the best way that you get to, to know someone. So Julie Hamilton, brand ambassador for Elixir Distillers, and I think while that is quite an apt description, there's a little bit more to that, in fact, of what Elixir Distillers do. So in Elixir Distillers, we are talking about elements of Ilo. We're talking about Great Drams of Scotland. We're talking about Porter Skag, and we're talking about 1920s Blenders class. Breaking news, we're talking about distilleries on Isla, the 11th distillery on Isla um, that's been announced today. But most importantly, the first question I want to I kick off, as well as what is in everyone's glass, is, Julie, with the 1920s Blenders class, what is the best way to get them clean? <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the question. I think if you just don't clean it, that's you know, it's it's the equivalent the equivalent of a walk. You just wipe it. It's, <laughs> like, it. it's like an infinity glass. <laughs> that, that's uh-huh, they're hard. They're hard as hell to clean. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but you you are at, at home in Glasgow at the moment. In I am. Yes, I am. And are you in lockdown or are you just at home because it's snowy outside? I am in lockdown and also because it's snowy outside, so it's, um, it's been snowing for a couple of days now. So it's um, cold and and quite deep snow for a change. So, yeah, it's, um, and it's also half past eight in the morning. So it's a completely different vibe in my house <laughs> the one in your houses. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I'm actually starting off tonight uh, drinking a, a spring bay. Uh, a, a Tassie whiskey. I don't know if you can see that in, in the light there, but a, a Reben, which is the car strength forecast. So I don't know if anyone else has got anything in their glass. Um, Julie, I know you're going to try and tell me that's tea or coffee, but um, what what is the fortified element of it? Let's <laughs> say it's same um, car strength spring bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to drink it in a pint size mug. <clears throat> that's, that's, I mean, Glencairn is, is you know arguably the the official glass, but I think the official glass of um, Campbelltown is the mug, isn't it? That's a uh, paint tumbler, yeah. Right, yeah, okay. okay. That's the one we like to adopt when we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bailey, anything in your glass tonight? Yeah, I, I, I'm going a bit old school tonight. Uh, I've uh, popped open a 1981 uh, black label. So, you know, when it wasn't black nice. label, it was just called Old Scotch Whiskey. And I found out from the inside label that it's. It was dumped on 1981, so something a bit old school, something a bit like it used to be. So is that a perfect measure glass as well I see there, Bailey? Uh, no, no. Uh, of course, I have to be a little bit on brand. That is a SMWS spirit snifter, so sorry about that. There you go. You're going to have to endure. It's very similar, though. It is very similar. Very, it's probably exactly the same, let's be honest. <laughs> Can we drink uh, now? Is that okay? Are we allowed yeah, to drink? Yeah, we can well, drink. I, I mean, I was going to ask you, but we all know you're drinking from a half-sized <laughs> bottle of Jack Daniels, so that can be just be uh, – that, that's a given. Milne, anything in your glass at the moment? Unusual that it's a half-size this week. Yeah. Oh, it was last week too. <laughs> uh, I have Starwood Fortis in the glass. Oh, uh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it is it a particular tea or coffee there, Julie? Some sort of e- exotic crushed beans? <laughs> made by, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to talk about coffee. Standard long. That's that's it. I might once I get down the coffee, I'll maybe venture for a dram. But yeah, I'll let Look, I'll stick to coffee. I kind of feel you can only be a wanker about one thing. So if we're all whiskey wankers, then at least we can drink some decent coffee. Yeah, I, I'm going to come in with a hard disagree on that one. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's multifaceted wankerism. Don't worry, it exists. <laughs> only in the world of Matt Bailey. <laughs> I'm not going to deny it. I don't, there's no denial here. It's fine. <laughs> so, yes. Julie, be, before we went live on air, I, I know you've you've worked very closely with with Milne, but you were talking about times with uh, shenanigans that cannot be broadcast live to people with with Matt Bailey in, in places like Isla and Campbelltown and that sort of thing. Um, but you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your journey through whiskey and, and how it's led you to Elixir Elixir um, Distillers? Yeah. So, um, well, apart from been a consumer for a very long time before. Um, I 
along with other friends, we started Glasgow's Whiskey Club probably about 16, 17 years ago. Um, and at that time, my experience of whiskey was very limited. I drank it, but I didn't know very much about it. I drank blended whiskey and um, <clears throat> went along a journey with that. And we started Glasgow's Whiskey Festival. <clears throat> Excuse me. Glasgow's Whiskey Festival. Um, this would have been our 11th year. Um, no, 12th year in November, but obviously with lockdown, we, we weren't able to run it. So that's um, probably one of the biggest shows in um, in the UK over, like, well, apart from the whiskey show um, that I now work at with, with um, Elixir Distillers. But, um, yeah, so... Can we just get an action replay on Milne's face then? By the, <laughs> the show well, when I said that he was one of the biggest and he was... Yeah, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. yeah thank you. Uh, Mildy, you, Mildy, you massive knob. You know that, right? The rivalry continues. <laughs> it's still there. I can't believe it's still there. You know, I know, it's, it's, still it's terrible. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> You're still going strong, but that's good. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was the kind of... Uh, so while I had a day job, I was doing that. And then for about six or seven years, I was a brand ambassador for Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. And, um, and that was, yeah... That, that was where it kind of led me in. And then I took the leap two years ago and I gave up my day job and made whiskey my day job and um, and started with Elixir Distillers. And I freelanced with them for about five months and then they took me on permanently. So that's a year and a half now. Although a year of it's been in lockdown. So it's been... It's been quite something, but yeah. So that's that's basically fast track of um, of how I got to to here. Julie, just can I um just rewinding to one of your first points when you said you started Glasgow <laughs> Whiskey Club sixteen seventeen years ago. Can yeah. can you sort of paint a portrait of what sort of whiskey appreciation looked like in Glasgow seventeen years ago? Because, and the days. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like even even uh, even I could safely say even like ten years ago in in Australia, whiskey appreciation wasn't really a, a discussion, or you know, and even little whiskey groups didn't exist and things like that. So, what did it look? What what was that? How did that sort of spawn? And what was that? What did that look like? I'm really fascinated to see what because obviously you know the single malts have exploded since then, and 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 the whole industry has changed radically in that amount of time so yeah um there was nothing here that's that was the thing the the society existed in edinburgh Mm. and at that time i think people's association was that it was well you know what the vaults is like it's a beautiful um location it's a lovely venue it's all wood paneling and chesterfield sofas and quite intimidating if you don't if, if you're new to it oh yeah um and we had we had nothing like that in Glasgow, and it was my friend um, Alex Robertson who broached it and said, "You know, there isn't anything. How do you fancy like a few of us getting together and doing this?" And we put up a sign. He put up a sign in the pot still in Glasgow, advertising it. And I think there was eight people at the very first meeting, and we just brought out the same whiskey. You know, like it wasn't. 
it was it was just basically people like-minded people getting together and and having a dram together and then it kind of just grew to because of where we were we were in the pot still so brand ambassadors and sales guys and things were always coming through the pub and um, I think one of the first ones we did was Glenlivet with Ian Logan and it, it just so happened that Ian was in the bar and he... Ca- ca- casual first guest there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. He was just like, I've got whiskey in the bit of my car. Do you want me to, you know, do you want me to do something for you? So it was, it, it started from that. And now, like, our whiskey club... Well, I suppose at the time, the appreciation side of it, people did. People people were keen and people who drank in the pot still and the Bon Accord and places like that that were whiskey bars had an appreciation and an understanding of it. And then when you had things like the society and um, different outlets like that, mm. but not to the extent that it is now. God, mm-hmm. it's night and day now. Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I find that quite fascinating. Um, you know, a lot of us have been lucky enough to work in whiskey or be around whiskey for a few years now, um, you know, from my point of view, you know, probably the last decade. And then you have people coming through. And it's hard to explain that things have changed quite dramatically in, in five, ten years. And they go, okay, in Australia. But we're talking about Glasgow. Like mm. this is a pretty close to the hub of where it is going back, you know, not 50 years, not 60 years, but 20 years. Yeah. And and that sort of appreciation didn't exist back then. I find that quite quite a fascinating concept. Mm. I, th- I mean, I do. It, it was there. It just wasn't necessarily on my radar. Or um, there there were there were groups of people who probably met in whiskey bars, but it wasn't the same principle. There, there wasn't a whiskey club that was as to say casual as probably it just was it wasn't stuffy and um that was the approach that we wanted to take where it was friendly and and no one was judgy about drinking whiskey which is a thing you came up against you know like people telling you how to drink whiskey and telling you what to do we don't do that's that's the hardest thing of you know is the same in in wine so you've got a category that's, that's really exciting but the the majority, you know, there's, there's a large chunk of people in there already. So you look across and go, "Oh, that looks pretty scary," because you know, I know nothing. And there's this, you know, it's always the most experience is often the loudest voice. And yeah. so you kind of go, "Oh, I don't want to talk to you because I know nothing." Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I remember my first tasting. I sat next to a, a master of wine and a CEO of a wine company. I just was silent the whole time through. I was like, don't say a thing. Like, you're going to screw this up. Like, don't let them know you know nothing. Um, I don't think I spoke for like the last, sorry, for the first three years when I first started going to like ambassador talks and master classes. I just sat and listened um, because I was always super scared of saying the wrong thing. So it's really daunting when you first get into it. And look at look at this now, you can't shut me up. <laughs> I mean, how did how did you manage that within a club? Because it's uh, you yeah. see sort of now, and certainly through social media, sort of clubs and groups and things. You've you've got a, a, a large mass of really experienced people that that are helping develop people up, but you've also got a large group of people with a strong opinion, 
some with experience and some without that you know the loudest voice wins quite often and so you know and then there's that sort of element of you know being supportive of people that are in a different place in their journey to to what someone else is you know, did, did you find that in a smaller sort of club setting um a hard thing to get people to kind of support each other through the journey or was it quite a sort of collaborative supportive group because you're actually in person um i think I think that from the get-go, everyone who was involved in it wasn't being the loudest voice. I think, you know, I think we yeah. were all we were all like on a kind of equal par. Well, no, maybe that's not true. Actually, that's absolutely not true because <laughs> I hadn't a clue what I was talking about. <laughs> and there were people who did, but we all learned together. And I think I don't know. I don't know whether I'm. I don't know whether I'm so immersed or I was so immersed in it that I didn't notice that. But I think it is friendly enough and we keep it light enough and educational enough because we have brand ambassadors that come along. So we do two. In the club, we do two meetings a month. So we do one that the, the Whiskey Club Committee run and each take a turn of introducing a bottle and telling people what the whiskey is and then it's social you know like so in between each whiskey everyone sits back down and talks to each other it's not lectury you know death by powerpoint style and then we have um a brand ambassador come along and host the kind of mid-month one and like that again it's you know i think at the start we would i, I mean looking back i remember there being dead by powerpoint and we were just all sitting like sitting with six whiskies in front of us like oh my god so you know everybody learns as they go along and brand ambassadors don't do that anymore you know yeah. so i think um yeah i don't I, I don't really know i don't really know if i just didn't notice or whether we are actually really quite chilled and friendly so i, I think we are do you know that way but um I, yeah i think the environment dictates it so if you've got experts who take over and all the rest of it then you're always going to get that and you'll have mm. you'll have loud voices but they normally get kind of dampened down when everybody else is the same that I don't know if that's <laughs> now Julie you would have actually this is just a question that came up from what something you just said um mm -hmm. you would have seen like the evolution of in the last 10 years of a brand ambassador um what's one of the biggest differences that you're seeing of brand ambassadors and the way they present from 10 years ago um again so this is maybe just my experience but there yeah. were there were brand ambassadors that were that are the same as they've always been, but you, you did have people who were quite, you know, they had a presentation and they had a, a set way of doing things, whereas yeah. now I think it's a little bit um, more relaxed and there's more conversation and, um, well, apart from now, because we're doing it on Zoom, we're doing <laughs> we're doing on like this. So. It's a, it's another evolution, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And who thought we would be here? You know, when when we first started doing these, it was just daunting because you've got a screen of thirty five people all muted, some with their cameras off, and you're just presenting in your house to a laptop. Is you know quite different from standing in a bar or a restaurant or you know a venue that you've, you're actually able to interact with people. I think so in the past 10 years, I think people have developed style 
that's maybe not necessarily as stuffy. So I think trying to show that whiskey doesn't have to be serious and you have to learn and, you know, it is enjoyable and people can be relaxed and drink it as well. I think that that style kind of comes through for folk. I think, we, uh, I think we've all been in situations before where we did actually wish we had a Zoom mute all function at a bar or restaurant hosting <laughs> an event. So, so some things have changed yeah. for the better, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll all be looking for that remote control when we yeah, go yeah. back to land. Everyone like, shut up. You know, yeah. press the- <laughs> uh-huh. Unfortunately, we give all of the control to Scotty every night and he can actually mute us if he wants. So. <laughs> It is. It's. it's I, I learned pretty early on during these chats and a lot of Zoom chats that if I didn't have the control and the mute button, then I would be muted pretty quickly. So the only way that I would get it working is if, is if I take control. But um, it's it's a really good good concept. And Julie, you, you mentioned that you know a large part of your brand ambassadorial career so far has been in, in lockdown in times of pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. We've had a fair few come through onto, onto this stream in the in the past year or so. So apart from coming on and, and saying good day to us on a Wednesday night, um, what, what are brand ambassadors, you know, doing through times of lockdown and what, what does that look like in terms of, um, you know, stuff that you can do at home? Um, so the thing that it has made me is accessible to all over the world because you know we're now all doing this so I'm able to come on here at half past eight in the morning nine o'clock in the morning and and be in Australia or in Taiwan or in Canada or so from that perspective it's absolutely opened things up you know ordinarily we would need to travel to to do this kind of thing but it's, um, it's, it's a nightmare getting money out of Sekinda so it's going to be so much harder now to be saying oh I need to, I need to fly here it's like no no Zoom no you don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um so from from that perspective I'm doing a lot of of um, virtual events, a lot of um, virtual tastings, whiskey clubs, and and you are able to do that. So a lot of my time is spent making up little miniatures of whiskey and turning it into packs and sending out to people um, and... Yeah, coming up with new ideas. And the other thing we're getting just now is some time to plan and organise ourselves, which, you know, we all know what it's like. Ordinarily, you've just not got time to do anything. So the admin is going to be absolutely outstanding by the time we come out of lockdown again, I hope. <laughs> it's yeah. It's an interesting one. I got pretty bored with, you know, pouring big bottles of whiskey into lots of smaller bottles of whiskey. And I was like, gee, I'm sick of this. And then we're lucky enough in Sydney to be able to host live tastings again in under, you know, uh-huh. certain capacities and that sort of thing. And then I get to the end of it and I have to clean up all the glass and put the tables and chairs back. And I was like, oh, can I get back to small bottles? That was much more fun than this. <laughs> <laughs> I can sit in the house and sort that out while I'm watching TV or, yeah, uh-huh. it's, I, yeah. I think, um, there's there's things the grass is always greener, isn't it? You know, I'm sitting just now and I can't wait to get back and and be hosting live events and be doing whiskey festivals and things like that again. And then you'll get to the end of the day when everybody's asking for that last dram and you just want them all to go home because it's yeah. time. And, yeah, and you'll be thinking, God, I was I could just switch my machine off at the end and, yeah. and not have to listen to to all of that chat anymore. So yeah. That, that is the good bit, is the trying to leave the pub and, you know, you, when you can see there's a crowd of people there just waiting to talk, and it's like, I just, I need to go home. And it's just like, cool, well, 
I've got to go. <laughs> so, so what, did, what did you just say there, that, that feeling of trying to leave the pub? I'm unfamiliar. That's that concept. I've never experienced that myself. I'm not really sure what we're talking about. No, I've, I've been told to leave, but actually trying to leave. Um, I want to say good day to some people listening across the channels today, uh, to, to James Finnegan. Um, Yao from Elysian was in a little bit earlier. Um, Bree from uh, the uh, the Backwoods Distillery, Bree Atwood from Backwoods, um, which is actually not too far from where uh, Alex is uh, recording from a hay shed uh, tonight. Where are you, Alex, by the way? Uh, so I'm in Gonong in Victoria at the moment. Uh, I drove nine hours today to get home to the farm. We got home at just before two o'clock this afternoon. Um, and as you can tell, we went straight to work. So um, I'm down here to help Dad with some cattle work that's going to happen over the next three days because um, there's no grain on the property at the moment. Um, we're going to get all the cattle and sheep sorted before we start cropping again. Beauty. But I will be in Yakandandra next Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wonder what special guests we can have on next week. Um, <laughs> um, but, but but also g'day to um, to to Vicky Dahlenberg and to, to Sue Middleton. Uh, once again, um, Andy and Alex's mums have come along for the party uh, and my parents are, are too busy at the pub doing trivia. That's all right. Hi, Mum. <laughs> um, Julie, I'd like to talk a little bit about Elixir distillers and what that means because I think in Australia a lot of people will be familiar with the brands but not necessarily the company behind it um, as, as the various independent bottlers. But then I don't know if, if you can touch on the, the announcement that came about four hours before today, um, before we went live in, in certain distilleries that have taken a long time to plan that may have been given green lights. Yeah. So Elixir, we'll start with the, the bottling. Um, Alexa distillers are an independent bottler, so we bottle three different labels, single malts of Scotland, Elements of Isla and Port Escape. And, um, yeah, so we bottle from two of the brands, Port Escape and Elements of Isla are obviously Isla whiskies. Um, elements we bottle from every distillery, Port Escape just from a, a, a few. And single malts of Scotland we bottle from a range of different distilleries. So, yeah, we release whiskies at different ages. We've got different um, labels under Single Malts of Scotland. So we've got reserve casks, marriage of casks, single casks and director's casks. So they are a range of ages and types. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the, the bottling side. And the distillery, yeah, we've had the go-ahead. So the distillery will be starting soon, hopefully. It will be the first distillery that you come to on the, the southern distillery road. So it will sit just before Lafroig yeah. on that road towards. So you'll have Lafroig, Lagavulin and Ardbeg. So you'll be the one before that, which is exciting. And then for context, that's at least five years, six years in the mm. in the making. You know, it's 2014, it's, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's, there's been... There's been delays from COVID relation in terms of sort of getting the, the community together, but that, you know, I've, I've been over here for three years almost now, and I remember being on Isla with Sekinda, and we were walking around the site searching for water and for water sources, <laughs> and, and literally just, I, and it was a very wet, cold winter's day, uh, and we were just literally wandering around this field, just going, "Do you think there's water here? Nope. Is that is there water here?" Nope. Let's, uh, 
back and forth, back and forth with a farmer, just trying to see what, what's available. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible to see finally and to, after. And to put some context into that, Andy, to put some context into that, there's been some distilleries for, for our Australian watchers. There's been some distilleries that have planned, nope. opened in, in Australia and since closed again in that time frame <laughs> and had releases out. So that's a, that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot going yeah. on. Same um, things do take a bit longer here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so for those who, who haven't been to, to either, it's going to be uh, near Port Ellen, um, and basically the, the storage on the Southern Island. And and I, when I was first in Ireland, did it on a bike, so they're not very far away from each other. Like they're just um, that that row of of Lefroig, um, Ardbega and Lagavulin, very, very close together. But one thing we haven't said is actually the name of the distillery because I think it yeah. should be said in a Garrett, like a genuine Glaswegian accent, um, the name of the distillery. So if you could just rattle off, what is it, the 11th distillery on Isla, I think? Uh, is it, it the 11th? It yep. will be the 11th distillery because Port Ellen will be open, reopened by then. We don't actually have a name for the distillery yet. It is on the farm. Good try. Good try. Farm. <laughs> I was going for an exclusive there, but uh, that's all right. <laughs> There's a folder somewhere on Julia's desk with a list of names. and I mean, we're okay with even a list of names would be fine at this point. <laughs> or we throw it I don't have a list of names, but what I can tell you is the land that the distillery will be built on is called Farkin. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have a name? There surely will be a blended whiskey called Farkin Good Whiskey. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think the marketing potential for that, you know, another Farkin whiskey... You know, <laughs> waiting for that fucking whiskey <laughs> would be wonderful. Great. But apart from not, you could do it the same way that um, was uh, was it the Rasse Distillery did it. it was of while we wait, and it's just while but, we fucking wait. <laughs> uh, just still waiting on this fucking whiskey, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, it's endless. It's absolutely endless. But yeah, apparently that's that that idea has not been taken on board at all. So um, I was really pushing for it, but yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we don't. There, there are um, a, there are a few contenders, but um, but yeah, not anything yet. That's that's still to come, but people on the island refer to it as Farkin Distillery, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, but yeah, it's um. Are they saying not, not another fucking distillery? Well, there is there's an element of that, isn't there? Yeah, you're always going to get that, but especially from the especially probably from the old crew, the the Bemores and Lefroigs, and especially how close it's going to be to Lefroig, you know, sort of that. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's awfully close to Lefroig, isn't it? I think, yeah. yeah. Room for everyone, though. Yeah, there's room for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be it's, it's definitely an exciting time to be part of the company to, to see how oh, this for is sure. all going. Now. For sure. Now, Grace, out of, out of, yeah, out of yeah. the, the the bottling brands that that Elixir has, um, the ones mm-hmm. we see most prominently in Australia are Elements of Isla and Porter Skag. Um, yeah. So obviously Isla focused. Um, now the company's gone and built a distillery on Isla. Um, is it safe to say that they're might be some Isla fans in in Elixir Distillers. Is is that like a favourite style of whiskey? And and I think we've all got our own experiences and the things. But like, what is it that brings you back to that island and brings the company back to the to the island? 
just the the very style and nature and quality of the whiskey, really. Um, Sukinder, I would say, it's safe to say that Sukinder is a big Isla whiskey fan. Um, it's it's one that's definitely close to our hearts. And with the even with the single malts of Scotland range, we bottle Isla whiskies under that label as well. So um, there are certain distilleries that we bottle a lot of just because of the quality of it. It's just so good. Mm. So, yeah, it's it is a bit of a it's a bit of a passion. I love whiskey. It's fucking delicious whiskey. It's fucking delicious. Yeah. <laughs> There's so <laughs> much legs here. Work, so guys. much legs. I'm sorry, I'm just going to go to no, town on this. I love it. No, yeah. It just, yeah, it would be great, wouldn't it? They would be like, "Here's that fucking brand ambassador again." <laughs> <laughs> oh, usually about Matt Bailey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was more use. <laughs> sorry, it's the country air. I'm feeling frisky right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it is a really interesting point, and this it's a little bit of an open ended question that I want to throw to anyone who wants to put into this. Um, you, you mentioned Port Ellen's getting rebuilt, and there are certain things that people expect from Port Ellen that they are going to try and replicate in, in whatever that it, it looks like. Um, whatever this distillery is is called in the end, it's a blank slate. So. Mm. Um, you know, do, do you have any insight or, or, or speculation into what sort of new mate character you would go? And actually, got me thinking this afternoon. If if someone said go start a distillery somewhere anywhere in the world, where would what you do it? And, and what sort of new mate style would you be looking for? So, um, first to Julie, but anyone else who's got a you know maybe an answer to that. But like any insight of what um, anything that you could do apart like at, at a base level, is it going to be a peated Isla whiskey? Do you think or I? Do you know I don't know the answer to that. So for me to for me to to say Port sorry, yeah, I was just coming on and say Port Allen for the name of the distillery. Excellent. <laughs> um I think um I think that the when the time comes it will be people who have a real keen interest in whiskey, so they'll be looking to maybe be Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm answering a question that I don't know the answer to. Experimental? I don't know. I I don't know what the what the proposed style will be, but um, it'll be good. I can give you that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's probably all I can give you. But yeah, I don't know, and I don't know where where I would start my own. Maybe Campbelltown, if I had a choice. But that's just a given, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's tough. Like, if you said pick out what Sakinda would want in a whiskey, then you yeah. could sit and go, okay, he he loves that delicate smoke of of Port Ellen and that fruitiness. He loves the tropical character of Bermores. You know, he loves that rich sherry maltiness that you get from from Old Laphroaig and Lagavulin. And you know, so this this sort of there's lots of elements that you can go, okay, you really like this, you really like this, you really like this, and you yeah. can pick it out to, to his style. But it, yeah. it's not just him that's the distillery. I think I, yeah. I, I've i started, you know, I, I started this a long time ago, but playing the, the, the guessing game of, you know, who will be the staff at that distillery. Um, and I've, I've got th- three or four names down for master distiller uh, or distillery manager. <laughs> Is that a bit like fantasy football league? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really cool like that, where I just write lists of yeah. let's, no, let's, companies let's, that I'm not involved in. 
Let's start. Um, let's start a, an odds for it. You know, we can make a bit of money on the side running, <laughs> running after this. Um, but I think that will be the the teller mm-hmm. one. It's sort of, I'm sort of I'm thinking partly of his favourite distillers, but then his yeah. his biggest influences and, and friends on Isla as well. And so you sort of look around across all of that. And so you go, okay, right. Well, if, if you came, it will be this style. But if you came, it will be this style. And so I think when in when that's announced, there's probably a little bit more of an idea of where, where the direction is going because it'll be based on that person's skill set. It is obviously very early in the process because what has happened today was quite exciting is the permission to go and build something and put it together. So it's like it's way too early to sort of talk. But I thought it was quite an interesting little little brain exercise when I was thinking about it. Um, Julie, you mentioned Campbelltown, and I love those whiskies that represent the place and the town. Um, yeah. And so I was thinking if, if you said I had to go build a distillery, I'd, I'd go out to a little town called Tarana, which is just before Bathurst, about uh, three hours west of where I am, and make a, a whiskey that was uh, – it's a very dry, hilly, but sort of very dry, typical Australian place. And I'd love to see a very light – grassy, malt-forward Australian whiskey in the style of like a Tinnanich or, or Linkwood with maybe a bit of funk but without the smoke. So maybe like a Brooklatic Isla Bali series funk from out there. And I just thought, God, that would be that would be so much fun to do. But don't know if anyone else has, has anything, that, any whimsical, you know, distillery ideas? Uh, I, I, I'm with you though, Scotty. I think something something's, um, light and grassy but takes on the, the – uh, that takes on a sense of the land and place of where it's coming from is, is what's most important. And I think that's what it will probably show in the end. I mean, it's rather than trying to be something it's not, which is kind of a, an obvious statement, but yeah, something that's, I think it's that movement towards authenticity rather than anything else, I guess, in, in their spirit. Just fucking good whiskey. <laughs> well, Alex, you, you can't tell me, and uh, a shout-out to, to Lee Atwood, who says he, he can't believe your family has Wi-Fi in your hay shed. But oh, you, man. <laughs> you you can't tell me you're not sitting there right now looking at that hay shed going, oh, I could fit a still over that side and maybe a condenser in that corner. What what do you think the whiskey would taste like distilled in that hay shed? In this hay shed, probably sheep shit at this stage. Um, <laughs> hey. not, taking, not taking a page out of Peter Bignall's book or anything, um, but there are some sheep yards just to my right over here uh, and there's cattle yards just behind me, behind this shed, um, and then Dad's workshop there, which would be perfect for a, a, a lovely little still in there right now. What was it, uh, uh, the Icelandic one, the flocky that uses sheep shit? Was it that one? Flocky, that, yeah. yeah, flocky, yeah. flocky, flocky that, whatever, that yeah. Amazing. I haven't been able to get it for a while. We used to have it on the back bar at Mjolna all the time. So. I, from my experience, um, Peter works better than shit than, than flocky did. Um, I, I think particularly yeah. some of those early releases were um, notable, um, and, and that's probably the uh, notable. Uh, Make some other excellent whiskey, but um, yeah, some very notable early releases. And just to reply to Lee, um, I will post on my Instagram the setup that I've currently got going right now. Um, my laptop's on an oil drum. I'm sitting on a shed stool, um, and I've got a. Um, a 40-gallon bucket just sitting next to me with uh, my whiskey and my water next to it. It was quite the production just to get this set up straight out of the paddock this afternoon. So, um, what, is, what is the difference between a stool and a shed stool? 
generally there's there's no foam in a shed stool um, and that they're torn apart and come out of maybe a classroom from 40 years ago somewhere um, and it's just been picked up on the side of the road and thrown into a shed. Um, and half the time if you were in any decent clothes, you wouldn't sit on the, the stool, but in a shed you sit on it. <laughs> Alrighty. It's quite the setup. I'll post it on my Instagram. It's quite funny. Scotty, shall we? I also we, uh, have bug um, spray with me because, and I'm just like tropical spraying on you. Yeah. <laughs> Scotty, shall we proust? <laughs> I, I, I think so. We're, we're into that sort of part of what, and um, Alex has just reacted to a comment. If you're listening back to this on the podcast, you would have seen this comment, uh, and Lee comment said, and. Alex, your internet is still better than Andy's. Uh, well, Andy's actually upgraded from Bondi internet to uh, North Shore internet. It's yeah. slightly better. But, um, slightly better. Um, so, day by day. So at the at – the, um, we we're into this sort of like philosophical part of part of the evening by accident, but here we go. So we're going to segue into uh, the Proust questionnaire element. And, yes, I do know it's pronounced Proust, but I'm Australian and it's Proust, so Australian. fight me. Australian. Um, so um, – from our friends and sponsors at whiskeyarden.com.au, a little bit of a uh, a fun little Q and A that goes around based on the on the very famous old parlor game and adapted to whiskey. Did anyone in the panel have a particular question they wanted to throw out to uh, to Julie today, or shall I pick one? You you, you kick Crass us off. Is always my favourite, so I've I know them all off by heart because it's my favourite whiskey interview I've ever done. As I said before last week, um, I have a million, but. I'll throw it out to Matt and Andy. Well, actually, maybe do we do we comment on something we've been talking about, and and Julie to, to sort of throw you in the deep end and give you absolutely no warning about this one. Um, if I could ask you this question, what is your favourite distillery name? Ooh, fucking distillery! <laughs> Technically, it doesn't exist. If only that was real, Alex. Yeah. Only my favourite distillery name. I, I don't know. My favourite distillery is Springbank, so probably my favourite distillery name would be Springbank then. But that's not very... I can't give you a reason round about that. Um, I don't know. Let me think about that. What's your favourite distillery name? I'm, I'm a big fan of Linkwood, personally. I, lo- I love the way that it sounds. It's not overly, you know, 18th century and it's not overly modern. It also mm-hmm. looks really good. It's got, like, tall letters on it. So, like, when it's written on a page with good text, it looks beautiful. I can pronounce it as well. Uh, so that's always a bonus. But uh, I think probably, again, one of my favourite distillers, but Linkwood, would, it's just I love the way it sounds and looks. So I can touch and- for the opposite reason, it's it's like, like yeah, it's it's, a, it's completely iconic of its location and place. It's like yeah, you, you've, you're in no question marks of where this is and what where it's from, um, but also you you've you've nailed it if you can then pronounce the name. Uh, My favourite yeah. destroyed just for the just for the mispronunciation. <laughs> that probably would be the next one after Okintoshin, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Avan Jerag, that's the that's yeah, the one. Avan Jerag, that and Altavania. 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 Sorry. Altavask as well. That's another one that's that's never yeah. pronounced. My um, I I did a tasting one time and I was talking about Lachig and Lachig, Lachig, Lachig the whole way through my tasting, and a guy who was in the audience. 
when I was going round. So like I'll introduce whiskey and then I go around the tables and talk to people and and um because people won't necessarily talk to you in a crowd, but they'll talk to you at their table type thing. And a guy handed me a mobile phone and it was his pal and mull and he said, Ah, oh, you're not saying it right, it's Lechik. And I was like, Seriously, you've just and he said, Yeah, you're you're not saying it right. So Lechik is Lechik. how you pronounce mm. Lady but it isn't, and it isn't, because I remember that Billy was trying to work out the correct way to pronounce this, and we asked two people at the distillery, and one <laughs> yeah. said Lechek and one said Lechek. And you're like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Another, another one, and, and again, um, is going to be soon to be neighbours of yours, uh, Julie. I mm-hmm. was always told Kalila, because the... Isla in Isla, the ILA comes from the old spelling of Isla. So when I was there, they were saying Kalila. Then everyone else has said Ila, like Kalila. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have it so ingrained because some old bloke at the Ardview Inn in Port Ellen told me it was Kalila. <laughs> Probably having the, <laughs> the Aussie drunk bloke at the on, pub but... told you what gave you gave you a bum steer and you've you've kept it ever since. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. So that I'm just going to tell this Australian guy that that's how you say it, and then <laughs> yeah, years later, people, yeah, people correct me on Kalila all the time, and they'll say, "Oh, right, Kalila," and I'm like, "No, it's Kalila. It's that. It's not Kalila." But yeah, I can I can say as well in in this sort of discussion, my least favorite distillery name, um, and it's not because they make bad whiskey but it just catches me out every bloody time is Glen Murray and every time I just go to say Glen Moore and I know that I'm doing it wrong I know I, well, how it's, and I just it's just so obvious the way it is and I'm just like oh just just change the name like it's just pissing me off at this point in time make some excellent whiskies but uh, it's, it's when you see it in a sentence it's the only thing you think about the rest of this because I can't get it wrong it just ruins every sentence that's ever been written <laughs> They probably will. I mean, if you give them a phone, I'm quite sure, like, if they're going to do any rebranding, they'll take that into consideration that, you know, it's tough. <laughs> tough to pronounce. Yeah. They don't take Scotty's calls anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they know where the mute button is. <laughs> You'll maybe get passed around the office. Folk will say, that's, that's your brother on the phone, and people will talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyone else want to throw one of the uh, questions out there or should I pick another one? Alex, you had one, didn't you? If you could work at one distillery, which one would it be and why? Oh, God. That is Zima. I can't, I can't answer Springbank for everything, can I? No. <laughs> if I could, genuinely, if I could, if I could work anywhere, it would be for Springbank. They make you move to Campbelltown, though. So that's um, that's that's quite a move from Glasgow to, to move to Campbelltown. But um, I love the way that the I love the production process and the way that they do everything from everything is done in that distillery and the ethos behind it. Yeah, that would be the place that I would work at Springbank. At that and. Um, the new distillery on Isla. <laughs> the new distillery on Isla. There it is. There it is. <laughs> um, 
sorry. For, you know, was, was that a job application I just heard in, in there? <laughs> just in case, just in case MD's watching, you know, like that's, I would love to work there somewhere with a lovely view. Springbank doesn't have a lovely view. That's the that's, yeah, that's the only true. thing. It doesn't have a lovely view. But um, Ardnaho Distillery, if you've seen, and Kalila as well. The mm. the view from the from the still houses and these distilleries are absolutely outstanding. So maybe yeah. something like that as well. I'd yeah. I'd have to work at Brook Laddie only because I just I love their sort of production process and the layout of that distillery is fantastic. Yeah. Or, or I'd want to work yeah. at somewhere like Mortlach where the distillation process is so stupid that it just makes sense <laughs> and no one no one can understand it, but. Only like the distillers can, and if even if they try and explain it, it's kind of like uh, it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> yeah. No. All right, I've got another one. I, I, can I can I answer that one just quickly? Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, because you know you don't no. have the mute button, and I want to have my say. Um, uh-uh. No, but um, like I because I was thinking about this again the other day, and I would say Springbank as well, but I would almost be a little bit of a fraud with this accent, you know trying to stand up in front of someone and talk about Springbank, would I do so? But I love the way that certain distilleries, we see it in Australia as well, when you come, you you don't get welcome to the distillery, you get welcome to the town. Um, mm. And so it's definitely a distillery like that, but I think Wolfburn. If uh, oh, I'd love yeah. to work up there because as you welcome people up there, it's such a different part of the world. It's still on mainland. And I think if you're going to Wolfburn, you're not doing an hour. You're taking the day to look around Thurso and that sort of stuff. So I think that would be a really great distillery to, to work at. Um, and uh, yeah, any single casts or higher allocations for Wolfburn whiskey will be greatly appreciated. Um, after that. <laughs> Speaking of that, Mark, if you um, ever if you watch Daddy, this, Daddy, I'm sorry, just, yeah. I, will, I will get back to your email. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, if you're watching, yep. Yeah, big, I, I big, refuse big to daddy. call him that. I refuse to. <laughs> mm, mm, too bad. <laughs> too bad. Um, Andy or Matt, do you ever? Uh, sorry, Andy, do you ever just tell you we've, we've heard from Matt? Um, right, which I've already forgotten now what the question is. The distillery that I would most like to work at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if you say Spayburn, we're booting you from the channel. <laughs> I can do that. Um, I have the power. <laughs> It's so big, I can have the run of the roll. Um, <laughs> casual out. flex, casual flex. It would Do you be... realise that we're all flexing really hard right now with all the distilleries we're talking about that we've been to? I haven't been to Wolfburn. No, I haven't been to Wolfburn. Anyway, sorry, Andy. Uh, it probably would be Kilhoman because I think they do they do everything so yeah. it's not just the case of you're on there and you know here it is and off you go. It's there's the the integration, the active part of every role. I'd love to say one like uh, Anok or uh, Nokdu is is very similar, but everyone there is ex engineers and carpenters and electricians and things. And so I would be demasculated quite quickly by the fact that I was you know, didn't know how to hammer a nail. Whereas I think, you know, Anthony Wills shouts at me regularly enough anyway that I, I would just fit in because he could just carry on abusing me in his normal fashion. He knows your name already, so you would be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you! You over there! Um, Alex, did you have a, another question you wanted to throw out there? Oh, she's muted. Uh, we, 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 we've lost you there a little bit. I can see the Sorry. mouth moving. Here we go. There we go. Um, it's just because motorbikes and stuff going past. Um, 
my favorite, one of my favorite questions. I have two out of the proust was, uh, who is your whiskey hero? A whiskey hero. Oh my god. Um, Basie Williams. Basie Williamson is my whiskey hero. Yeah. Um, awesome. Those at home and listening, he, she is. Bessie Williamson was the secretary, became personal assistant to Ian Hunter at Lefroy Distillery, and when he passed away, he left it to her. So she was instrumental in introducing Lefroy to America. She took it over during Prohibition. Um, she was pretty awesome. She took over the Lefroy Distillery and ran it. So she wasn't the first female distillery manager. She's noted as in places, but she wasn't there where um, there were others. But um, she was so well loved on the island and so um, appreciated. And I think she was, yeah, she's definitely an icon in the whiskey industry. And she's, yeah. There's, there's some pretty good stories about Bessie during sort of like years of austerity and, and, and world wars, managing to get Lefroy put on certain lists as like key providers and getting raw materials when they probably shouldn't have been going to Lefroy. So um, I think uh, she, she for, at least I, I never knew her. I wasn't alive back then. But um, from what I've read and what people have told me, um, very instrumental in there being a Lefroy existing in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first female uh, in as distiller or distillery manager or distiller was was Cardu, wasn't it? Cardu, yeah. 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 It was two, two women at Cardu. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But um, basically, it just depends where you're reading it. But, yeah, she, wa- she wasn't the first, but she was, um, to use the word instrumental again, she was instrumental in the, the whiskey industry at that time. Very cool. And taking it to take them all over the world, basically. She was pioneer. No. <laughs> Who's your whiskey hero? Oh, it's uh, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's running? <laughs> no, none, of us, none of us expected this. Come on. Uh, uh, mine, mine's sentimental and um, soppy in a way, but it um, it's a kinder. Um, See, well done. I did that, shouldn't I? Right. So the royalties have been well and truly paid now. So that's you're, you're, that's you're, the second job application we've had live on. I know. Time. I was like, damn it, I just went for Bessie Williams and I should have gone yeah. this again. Ollie, go for Ollie Kelton. Yeah. Oh, oh, come on. I've got a standard. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, it's purely because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in the job that I am with, without what I learned from him uh, it's sort of in terms of someone to learn and, and get tutors from there's, there's there's icons and things that I can look at and go I totally admire and, and you know and, and love yeah. with what these master distillers and, and different people in history of, of whiskey have done um, but if I can look back and say oh there's I can point the finger at one person that you know there's a collective group at specialty drinks and elixir but there's one man that ignites a passion and uh, yeah that's he did that for me. Very cool. That and my mum, because, you know, she occasionally listens. Yeah, she's she's tuned in right now, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, it, it, is, it is a tough question, and maybe moving forward we should uh, – 
post these in advance in the email correspondence. We're not putting on the spot. Maybe that's something. But no, I, I kind of like the, um, <laughs> the, the, the the quick answer and then the immediate regret when the person you thought of uh, should have you should have mentioned. Uh, I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alex, do you want to go? No, no, you go, Scotty. See, I, I don't think I have one. It would be like a lot closer to home in terms of people that I've, you know, when I was quite young and getting into whiskey and knowing nothing that sort of took the time to sort of stop and have a bit of a chat with, with this little idiot, you know, who was, you know, buzzing around a whiskey fair or something trying to get excited about it. So there, there's a lot of people that played that role. I think, um, you know, I spent a bit of time with uh, Mark Nicholson down in Tasmania. Um, for, for those of you who, who may not know, he took me up to the Lark Peak Bog and we did a day up there many years ago and that was just sort of an experience that I hadn't had in Australia before. Um, but even um, uh, I think without uh, blowing, blowing smoke up society, um, Andrew Durbage, um, who was, you know, is the director of, I forget his exact title, but the, the seller master, that's the word of, of SWS in Australia. And, you know, going back six, seven, eight, nine years ago, um, you know, after a fair sitting at a pub and, you know, being nice enough to take the time and, and just explain where things had come from and how they got to here and, you know, and the role that he played in bringing whiskey into Australia and, and much, Julie, with what you were talking about with the, the Glasgow Whiskey Club, um, just the way that he had been in that, that very formative part of, of whiskey that I, will, I didn't see and I'll never see. So pe- people like that for me I, I think probably don't get enough credit from people like myself as, as, and as in, intangible in what they did but certainly have, have shaped my whiskey journey. Yeah, awesome. Matt? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you can't. You can't say derbage. No, no, no. You, you, you've well and truly covered um, covered derbs. Uh, I was, I was, I was going to say though. Some, I mean, uh, one of my whiskey heroes is someone I've, I've actually never met, um, but I has obviously left an indelible mark on the local uh, local community as well. Uh, Scott, to your point, uh, would be someone like Norman Case. I would have to, I'd have to raise a glass to and say like to what what he did for where for where whiskey is as we know it today, especially, I mean, even Scotch whiskey, I mean, more particularly uh, of, of appreciation of Scotch whiskey in Australia would be someone like Norman. Um, uh, internationally, though, I mean, uh, only because I've had the, the privilege of hanging out with him a few times and both professionally and, and, and you know, outside of events, which has been great, was is Dr. Lumsden, um, who I've learned a lot <laughs> off, and he's, he's, he's a total legend. And, um, you know, he's just been someone who's been, I've, you know, had the opportunity to see most years over the last seven, eight, nine years. And, um, and yeah, total legend, and yeah, it's those 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 kind of names I think would come to mind first. But it's something I'd have to think about a bit more further. Yeah, are, are we giving points for after parties then as well? Uh, no, I guess not. I mean, let's let's leave that out then. <laughs> can, can we all? Yes. Oh, moving on, leave that one there. Alex is Dave Burnham. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. No. He's he's one of my heroes, and same with Becky. And you know how much I fangirl over almost everyone in the whiskey industry. Um, but for me, it's distillers. Um, every day they're just plugging away, making the wonderful stuff that we drink, and I have so much admiration for them. So um, it's always distillers. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think Big, um... small, everything. They're just all amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I think a good, good, good shout on Becky as well. Um, it was our guest guest from last week. What she did with scotchwhiskey.com. Um, but when I didn't know her from a bar of soap, she was just this byline, this name. Um, that was someone who I looked up 
big when I was you know in in that industry as a, as a writer before I was in in whiskey. So yeah, I think good good shout there, Alex. I think she gets a mention. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> All righty. Well, look, uh, we, we are at, at, at the hour mark. Um, so I am going to ask the, the final question of, of tonight, uh, to, and it's actually very similar to the final question of, of last night now. Julie, um, obviously you, you've worked uh, closely with, with Matt and, and Milne over the years and, and been acquaintances and colleagues and all that sort of stuff. Did you know um, that Andy Milne's middle name is Puddles? It's <laughs> <laughs> <Good night. laughs> not. My, my mum texted me about this one last week. <laughs> did, did that one for about five years and didn't, didn't, didn't quite last on that. <laughs> I sh- I sh- as soon as the borders go down, I'm going to go on a, a – a, so the borders open rather. I'm going to go on a Scottish oh, tour just with a like a puddles t-shirt just so that I can go to as many distilleries as I want as I can just and just drill home the puddles name because I think it's such and I forget who, who it was but from episode about 17 last year thank you so much for bringing puddles into my life um, you don't know how much joy you've, you've given me uh, and and continue to give me by revealing that fact um, but Julie, thank you so much for being so generous with your time at uh, what is now what uh, nine thirty a.m. I believe uh, over there. Thank thank you for sharing breakfast with us um, and uh, and sh- and sharing the snow. It's uh, we we can't see. It's it's got quite dark in in the farm, so it's it's quite <laughs> special. And you know, touching upon a few of the things we, we, we mentioned tonight, but it's it's very rarely you get to have a whiskey chat in forty degrees Celsius in hay bales and in, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> un- ungodly small number in, in snow out there. So real real pleasure and, and thank you for spending the time. And we look forward with bated breath uh, for whatever the eleventh distillery on Isla uh, sounds like, looks like and most importantly tastes like. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. It's been good to see you. You too, Julie. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Julie. Pleasure. See you soon. And thank you, thank you, everyone, for for watching. Uh, A quick update. Uh, We did launch the podcast series, so uh, you can actually search that on Spotify if you want now. Um, We're just taking Apple. It'll just it'll just take a little while, but um, this episode will be, be edited down from from this this show and probably be up in in the next couple of days. Um, but you can also go to the Whiskey Roundtable uh, Facebook page to see the links to all the episodes there. So thank you very much, and we will be back next week, I believe, uh, with our first Australian special guest slash guests of the year, depending on who Alex can wrangle into a room. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on who wants to get drunk with me next Wednesday night. Yeah. <laughs> throw your hands up. Come on, put it in the comments. <laughs> Distillers, <laughs> throw it in the comments. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. Thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers, gang. Bye. Thanks for listening. Any comments or want to get in touch, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook at Whiskey Roundtable.